0: Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Awesome. So I, I love this season, Faith, Hope, Love. It's a, um, I think it's a good season to remind us one of the core values that we have in faith. Um, it's a great season to continue to believe, right? I think the world can beat you down enough. Um, and tell you to stop believing for things right. and to stop doing what you're doing. Uh, but I think it's a good we have a we have a season right in the middle of the year, just when it's getting cold, yeah. and we go, all right, let's let's believe again. Um, and I just feel as a church, we need to we need to start praying big prayers. Yeah. Um, we need to we need to start praying for things that are <coughs> that we don't think that we can do. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to pray those prayers, and then we need to be patient. Yeah. Um, and um, I hope that that what I've got to bring tonight is an encouragement. I feel this really strongly in my heart. Um, And for those who uh, are taking notes, get your pens out. Um, Those who don't pay attention for long and flick onto Facebook, pay attention for this moment because I'm going to tell you what I'm going to talk about for the entire night. I want you to write this down. It's, if I could see what God sees, would my prayers change? And I find that everything that I ever learn starts with a big question. And this is a big question that I've pondered for a long time going, um, I pray for things and it's amazing that interaction with God, Um, but I just want this, I want this to be an encouragement for somebody tonight who is going through a prayer season, we'll call it, um, who's believing for something. Um, So I'm just going to, I'm just going to kick on, we're just going to share a few thoughts and then I'll, I'll go and um, we'll sing another song. Um, So my first point is, uh, uh, sorry, I've I've titled this "Bigger Than Me," Um, and my first, my first point, and I really want to drive this home, is God is bigger. Um, And when it comes to faith, I think in order to put faith in something, you have to believe that it can do what it says it's going to do. Um, In order for me to be able to come up here and speak, I've got to be able to, I've got to have faith that my voice is going to work. In order for me to do anything, I've I've got to have the confidence in what it is that I'm doing. And as as an analytical personality, um, I see a lot of things and I calculate things and I'm always doing trade-offs in my mind. I calculate risk for a living, so, you know, it's uh, it's probably not the best um, thing to be driving my attention to. But um, when you can see everything that can go wrong, you can sometimes forget how big our God is. Um, when I was when I was growing up, um, I always I had a cousin who surfed, and he always wanted to take me surfing. And um, my parents never let me go surfing because I'm a bit of a physical liability, so to speak. I'm not the most uh, I'm not the most coordinated person, um, and that's that's good judgment on their part. So, I, but I but I um, I turned 18, and I bought myself a skateboard and a surfboard, and that was a that was a season in my life. I've I've now reformed, I've realised that, you know, you're good at things and you're not good at other things. <laughs> I've, got the, uh, I've got the scars and the uh, the, t- the concussion to uh, to prove that I probably shouldn't be doing these things. But have you ever been to the ocean? The ocean, it's an amazing thing when you're sitting on the beach, relaxing. I know we're in the middle of winter, so we've forgotten what the ocean looks like. It's, you can lay on the sand and you look out at the ocean and you go, how nice is this i'm just relaxed i'm peaceful i'm calm but i can tell you now when you're surfing and when you're off your surfboard you realize that the ocean is not a peaceful place <laughs> and i think there's this, there's a feeling of helplessness that i experienced whilst being pummeled into the bottom of the ocean floor by a uh, by a big wave and you start to realize that there's things that are bigger than me out there and then i go then i back up a step and I go, well, God made the ocean and He holds the oceans in the palm of His hands and He, he designed everything as it is and it brings me to this Scripture, which is one of my favourite Scriptures. I, I like the other Scriptures that people don't like. So, uh, one of my, my two favourite books in the Bible are Job and Ecclesiastes. Um, <laughs> but there's this, there's this Scripture at the end of Job and um, I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but basically... Um, Job goes through some affliction, Um, he gets everything in his life taken away by Satan, and God allows it to test his um, perseverance and his character. And he gets all of his counsel from all of his friends who give him some really bad advice, but it's, I don't know if you read read Job, but it seems like good advice when they're giving it. Um, But you get to the end and God actually speaks. And And I just want to read this out. It's in Job 38, um, verses 4 to 11. It says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with the doors when it burst out of the womb? When I made the clouds its garment, and thick darkness its swaddling band?" and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far you shall come and no further and here shall your proud waves be stayed and when I read this I like to put God in there and I just, it's sort of paraphrasing but going, God laid the foundations of the earth um, God determined its measurements God stretched the lines God sunk the bases He laid the cornerstone and you can go on there's like two chapters of this of God basically saying that He knows everything and we know so little in comparison to Him and I get, this, I get this picture and it's, have you ever seen those, those videos where you start with a really zoomed-in image and then it slowly zooms out and then it zooms out and you go, well, that's, that's massive and then it continues to zoom out and then it continues to zoom out and it get, everything that you thought was massive gets smaller and smaller and smaller and you realise the scale of the universe is just massive. Um, and Pastor Carolina talked about it a few weeks ago, about God being omnipresent and omniscient. So he's everywhere and he knows everything. And just the scale of that um, just blows my mind. Now, I'm, I'm massive into apologetics. I think, again, asking the big questions. If you've got questions about Christianity, you should ask them of somebody because there's answers to the questions that you, that you want to know. Um, and one of, them, one of them, when I think about the bigness of God, is the fact that nature is so fine-tuned everything is predictable, everything is ordered, it's not chaos yeah. and I think that we take certain things for granted and we, we forget that God put everything in order and that just would, just shows how massive He is. Yeah, so, so I hope I painted a good picture of how big God is because my next point, sorry I've, I've lost the iPad so I'm, uh, I'm moving on to the, uh, the manual paper. <laughs> my next point is God is good. Um. I think that Christianity gets a bad rap about from people who don't know what Christianity is about. Um, I don't know, when I read the Bible, I read a book that's full of promises. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I tried to look up how many promises there are, and there's, dif- there's conflicting numbers, so I'm, I was going to say a number, but there's, uh, there's, there's a few thousand promises in the Bible, yeah. and God is consistent in how He delivers those promises. Yeah. Um, has anybody been doing the, um, the chronological Bible? we've been doing it in our life group, it's been amazing, um, but I find people struggle in Leviticus, and I, fe- I had a fresh revelation for Leviticus this year, I'm like, I love that this is in the Bible, because yeah. I feel like without the book of Leviticus, you yeah. don't, you can't understand the rest of the Old Testament, because you read the rest of the Old Testament, and Israel keeps getting smacked around, and you go, geez, that's a bit harsh, but if you read the book of Leviticus, it was very clear, <laughs> <laughs> it said some clear bo- guidelines, but that's sort of beside the point, but um, there's all of these really prescriptive um, ceremonial and just stuff that's weird that you don't think about in a modern 21st century environment where we go, we know a lot, like we've got a lot of accumulated lo- knowledge in the 21st century about uh, nutrition, hygiene, um, social distancing, it's in Leviticus. Um, <laughs> things like if you're, uh, if you're sick, don't be near people, Which. Which we go yeah that makes sense but but in that time like people didn't know that and it's like fresh revelation and it's and god's made it a a, a ceremonial requirement and there's there's something behind what god does and it's always in our benefit right. um, there's a there's a scripture in jeremiah anybody who's been a christian for a while knows this scripture in jeremiah 29:11 11 it says for the plan i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope in a the future yeah. then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you and other other versions uh, pull out prosper and they put peace they put welfare in there and it's basically God has good thoughts for, about us yeah. um, and th- another one of these things that just blows my mind is and I don't know I, I thought about it and I, I took it for granted before before I really thought about it that We have desires and God gives us those desires and we we talk about that a little bit but God gave us the capacity to have desires if you think about if you think about if you're making a robot if you're making something do you care about whether it enjoys its existence do you care about these things or do you just you just go I'm going to have this thing it's going to love me and I'm it's all going to be one direction whereas God actually gave us the capacity to enjoy things and I know there's a downside to that which means that we have to then inherently have the capacity to not enjoy things but it's it's just one of those things that I go God is so good that he would like I, I enjoy eating that I enjoy those sorts of things I don't need to have those um, and when I when I think about Christianity I said earlier that it gets a bad rap I look at the difference between Christianity and every other worldview that there is um, is god takes the first step in christianity yeah, that's right. where yeah. we are responding as christians to something that god's already done yeah. and and the bible's split into two halves so you've got the old testament and the new testament and if you haven't read the bible before i'm going to sum it up for you real quick the first the first half is god trying to connect with his chosen people and the second half is god trying to connect with the rest of the world and the common factor, the common theme with all of that is God trying to connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, we've, I think we forget that sometimes when, when we're praying to God and we're just, we're just hoping that he, that he listens to us and we're hoping that He likes us and we're hoping that we're good enough. We forget that God is actually wanting us to take that step. He's already made a step. Um, and I'm going to go to the cliche scripture, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son... That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Yeah, huh. And that just needs to be, there's a reason that that is a pivotal scripture for the Christian faith, because it sums up everything about the Bible. It, it sums up the goodness of God, yeah. that, he would, that he would pay the ultimate price for some, somebody like us. Yeah. And I say all of that. God is bigger, God is good. To get to my third point which is sometimes God says no and I know that we're in a Pentecostal church and I so I just hope that I can say that and still be asked back again so just don't disconnect um, sometimes God says wait as well um, and when I was preparing for to talk about faith this is this is the point that God really impressed on my heart and that I really want to deliver tonight um, and I feel like the all of today, if you were here for Pastor Tim's message this morning, I feel like it's on a similar vein where um, I've actually, if I think about the one thing that I've seen take Christians out, it's a misconception about the relationship between us and God when it comes to faith. Um, Because I think everybody, everybody who's been a Christian for a while knows the feeling of praying and feeling like you're alone. That's not, if if you're here and you're a, a young Christian, that's not, an, that's not an unusual thing. God does reveal himself to people and he is faithful and he answers prayers. Um, my life is a testament to that. And I know that if you talk to anybody here, there'll be dozens of lives that are a testament to that. But sometimes, sometimes he says no and sometimes he doesn't answer. And you go, what do I do with that? And I was, when I was preparing for this, um, God brought me to a scripture in Corinthians and it's Paul speaking, and um, and Paul is the he's the quintessential Christian. He was taken from somebody who was on the outside persecuting Christians, radical transformation, and went on to write half the New Testament. Saw thousands and thousands of lives saved, and millions and millions on in generations after that. And I came across this this scripture, and it doesn't it didn't make sense. And it says it's 2 Corinthians 12 and we'll go from 7 to 10 It says, so so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And I read some, some commentary around what this scripture is actually talking about. And they believe that Paul actually had a chronic illness. As they speculate it could have been um, like malaria. They said it could have been epilepsy. It could have been blindness. And he prayed that God would take this thing from him and God just said, no. I go, well, that's, surely that's inconsistent with the character of God, that He's our healer, He's our provider. Why would He do that? And I, I, have thought, I thought about this for a long time, and I prayed about it for a long time, and I th- people people who aren't sick don't need a doctor. And I think God puts us in positions with particular things in order to grow our character in order and in order to position us to be the most effective that we can be. And uh, we had a we had a good friend recently um, ask us about um, needy, actually Kate's mum, ask us about whether we still believe for her healing. And the answer of course is yes, but I think asking the wrong question, I look at Needy's life, I think it's a great example of this principle, where sometimes what we pray for isn't what God wants us to pray for, and for those of you who don't know, she has a a motor neuron condition, and I know she's watching online, and I asked her before (laughs) bringing this up, (laughs) Uh, but she has a, a motor neuron disease, it's a wasting condition that she's had her whole life and basically over, over the course of her life, um, her muscles will deteriorate and she's becoming less and less able to do physical things. And I know that there have been people who have prayed over her her whole life and believed uh, for her her whole life and she hasn't been healed. And you go, wow, that's, that's heavy because it's, it's a serious thing and, and I know that if you ask Needy whether she wants to be healed... I'm sure that she would say yes, um, but I think, and I'm going to quote Kate here, because she's said this amazing thing that sometimes if we focus so much on the, the prayer that we want answered, we miss all of the prayers, that, the little prayers that were answered along the way. We miss all of the little things that happen because of where she's been positioned, and I go, it's just not fair. It's not fair that her life looks like this. It's not fair that she's got a condition and that I can do what I do. And sometimes life isn't fair. Um, and it's, it is hard to reconcile, but I think about this point that if, if my faith in God depends on Him doing what I want, right. then who's on the throne? And I think we can't come to this point with any... Uh, sense of um, coherency without understanding the first two points that we spent time on this, tonight. You can't understand why God doesn't answer prayers sometime without understanding that He is bigger than we could ever understand, and He's also better than we could ever understand, and He loves us more than we could understand. Um, and I think we we do have a tendency to make God fit our situations, and I think we also have a tendency to read the New Testament with a modern lens. It's so you forget that all of these promises came out in the New Testament, and all, nearly all of the New Testament apostles were martyred, they were killed, they were fighting for their life, and all of these things came out, and it was like, God is my sufficiency, God is my, God is my rock, He's my salvation, um, I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I think that's a word for somebody tonight who's, who's going through something that we can endure anything. If you're being persecuted in your place of work, you can endure because it's Christ that strengthens you. It's not, you're not doing it in your own strength. It's, you can't do it in your own strength. Um, and faith, love, hope. It's, it's that, that sentence comes out of Corinthians, and it's just come after the, the love passage that people use at weddings. Um, I just want to jump into... It's, it's 1 Corinthians 13. If we jump into... Um, to start at verse 9, it says... For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, ever even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope... And love abide these three but the greatest of these is love and what the scripture is saying is that we don't understand and you're not going to understand sometimes sometimes you do understand it's great but sometimes you're just not going to know and at that point in time that's when your faith is tested you go it's easy to believe when things are good when things are tough that's when your faith is being tested and i come back to my first point if I could see what God sees, would my prayers change? And I think we need to ask that of ourselves all the time. It's good to pray. We should we should continue to pray for everything that we have in life. We should be praying for our needs to be met. We should be praying for healing. Always, always we should be praying for healings. We don't stop just because God might not, it not might not be in the will of God today. But if we if we have to wait, what then? If you have to wait a week, if you have to wait a month, if you have to wait a year, how long before your faith starts to wane? And it's in a community like this where I think that our job as believers is to build each other up and to build up each other's faith. We're not not islands. God didn't put us here to to have home group on our own. Um, As much as I like staying in my home, I'm an introvert. Um, (laughs) Telechurch was great. But... (laughs) (laughs) but there's something about getting together and meeting together with people. Um, short plug for if you're not in a life group, get in a life group. It'll change your life. And it's in those wiles where we, we work together as a unit, as a community. And in Jeremiah, I'm going to say it again. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord's, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Um, And one thing that I find disappointing is when we measure our successes as a believer using the world's metrics. Wealth, health, status. These aren't the things that we're supposed to be measuring our Christian faith using. It's easy to look at somebody who looks like they have all of these things and go, well, I don't have that as a believer, so maybe I'm not good enough. God doesn't measure us like that. He measures us through fruit and through us doing what He wanted us to do and we all have a part to play and it's all it's going to look different for everybody not everybody's a pastor not everybody is billy graham your your whole purpose in life might be to go and minister to two people at a hospital bed that might be what god set you up your entire life to do if that's if that's all that god wants you to do then do it i think i think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we stop asking god because we don't our walk looks like what the next person looks like we're not supposed to compare ourselves to each other we're supposed to encourage each other Um, there's a lot of splits in the christian world because we're not doing this we're making we're making things that are non-core core core. we've forgotten the fundamentals that that there's so much that we agree on there's some stuff that we're not going to agree on that's fine Um, we don't have to all agree on all of the peripheral issues but we believe that god is holy he sent his son to die on us. we needed a guy sa- for us sorry we needed a savior and he was that savior for us yeah, that's, so good. that's what we all believe and that's what we should be focusing on and i look at the i look at the bible and i go it feels like when god was picking his team to, to come on the journey and be his apostles he really picked the b team <laughs> like you you go he went straight to he went straight to the wharf picked some fishermen He went into the town market and picked a a tax collector who was stealing money from people. He picked picked somebody who was a zealot or a a religious extremist. And he picked some other people who apparently it wasn't important enough to know what they did. Um, uh, But if I'm putting a team together, they're not the people that I'm I'm picking. I'm probably picking the Pharisees to be honest because they're the people that know what's going on. They're the people who are educated, they're the people who are experienced. Um, but I think if that God sees things differently to us, uh, could I just get the keys up? Just let me have a second. I'm just wrapping up. Um, God sees things differently to us, and He doesn't call us to do what we can do in our own strength. If He went, if he went and He picked, like, the A-grade apostles, like the people, the people who are buff, who were the most theologically sound or correct at the time, And Don't get me wrong, it's important to be theologically sound. But if he went and picked all of the people that didn't need him, then what would be be the glory in that? The people would have had the glory and not God. And I think the cool thing about the Gospel message is that it doesn't matter what point you start. I've heard a lot of people say, like, I'm not going to go to church because the place would burn down if I walked in because I'm so bad. I go, maybe you are that bad and Maybe we, should, maybe we should give you a 1.1 and a half meter distance. But God doesn't care where you start. Because if you understand how holy God is, you start to understand how unholy we are. And you look at, you look at Paul's writings, and as, as he chronologically progresses, the way that he describes himself becomes less and less flattering to the point where at the, end of his, at the end of his career he's calling himself the chief of sinners. And I think that the closer we get to God, the more we understand how broken man is and how broken our nature is. And the beautiful thing about that is the closer we get to God the more we realize we need him. Yeah, that's right. And the more we realize how amazing the price was that he paid for us and the fact that he would lay down his life for somebody like us and as as christians i th- i think we need to believe more i think i think we need to start projects we can't finish we need to continue to believe for those people who we've been praying for for the last 5 10 15 years we need to continue to believe for that because that's that's who we need to be that's who we are as believers. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.